Welcome to the Grave Avenue CRC's sermon podcast. In this sermon, we often think that jars of clay are something special, maybe even unique, but that is just untrue in Paul's time. They were mundane, breakable. So then, what is so special about being jars of clay? You're listening to Jars of Clay by Reverend Ruth Boven. Our scripture reading this, this evening is from 2 Corinthians 4, and I will be reading verses 6 through 12. Open your hearts to this. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side but not crushed, perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to the death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. This is the word of the Lord. God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. That last sentence is one of my favorites in all the Bible. In it, there are three really important things mentioned, and in this sermon, I'll talk about each one. The treasure, the jars of clay, the God who brings those two things together. The Apostle Paul says, you and I have a treasure that we carry around in us. And we'll talk about that treasure in just a minute. But first we'll notice that Paul describes those of us who carry that treasure as jars of clay. That's where we'll start. Here's what to know about being called a jar of clay. It's not a compliment. Paul's not talking about some kind of beautifully crafted showpiece that's gilded or painted or lovely or rare or valuable. No, in Paul's days, jars of clay were not pretty. They were mundane and ordinary. They were as common to that society as Tupperware containers were to your mother's cupboard. There were loads of them around. They were nothing special, often scratched and flawed, sometimes worn thin, easily fractured, prone to breaking, useful, 
but ordinary vessels. That's us, says Paul. A few years ago, a pop song called Titanium rose in the charts, saying exactly the opposite thing about us. They say titanium is 45% stronger than steel and can withstand extreme high temperatures without bending or breaking. The song proposes what most of us would probably like to believe about ourselves. That I am, quote, bulletproof, nothing to lose. Fire away, fire away. Ricochet, you take your aim. Fire away, fire away. You shoot me down, but I won't fall. I am titanium. You shoot me down, but I won't fall. I am titanium. I get it. I get why we'd rather be strong like titanium than breakable like clay. But the song is wrong. That's simply not the way it is. You don't have to live very long on this earth to figure out that Paul is right about us. We are not impervious. We are susceptible to disease to pain, to hurt caused by others, to grief, to sin, to addiction, to brokenness, to accidents, to life being turned upside down by a diagnosis, a job loss, a relationship collapse. We are not titanium. We are jars of clay. And we are vulnerable to what is fired our way. On Ash Wednesday, together in this place, we were reminded with smudges on our forehead that we are dust, in fact. And to dust, we will return. And yet, that's not all that's true about us. Paul says, despite how common and fragile and broken we are, we carry within us something uncommon, something of immeasurable value. We carry within us something divine, something holy, something of God. In these common, fragile jars, we carry the treasure of God's good news. More specifically, Paul says, we carry the death and resurrection of Jesus around in us. Remember, the ashes smeared on our foreheads were placed there in the shape of the cross. That's because the truest thing about us is that though our human stories do entail, do entail death and returning to dust, our hidden center, the DNA 
of our story. The treasure we carry in us is about the life won for us on the cross of Christ. It's about the identity we have as children of God. Friends, the treasure we carry in us is about a living power that comes from outside us that's poured into us, that's given to us as a gift. We can't produce it. We can't manufacture it. We certainly can't earn it. The power in us, the light in us, the kernel of faith we possess, the amazing love we've come to know in us, is all pure gift of God. Kate Bowler is a professor at Duke Divinity School who at 35 had everything going for her. Career, husband, a beautiful son. When she was diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, in her recent book, she describes discovering a research article right about the time that she was diagnosed on people who had had near-death experiences. She says that for the article, they had interviewed thousands of people about their brushes with death in every kind of situation being in a car accident, giving birth, attempting suicide, etc. And many described the same odd thing. Love. Kate says, I'm sure I would have ignored the article if it had not reminded me of something that happened to me, something that I felt uncomfortable telling anyone. It seems too odd and, and too simplistic to say what I knew to be true. That when I was sure I was going to die, I didn't feel angry. I felt loved. She writes, in those first few days after my diagnosis, when I was in the hospital, I couldn't see my son, I couldn't get out of bed, and I couldn't say for certain that I would survive the year. But I felt as though I'd uncovered something like a secret to faith. At a time when I should have felt abandoned by God, I was not reduced to ashes. I felt like I was floating on the love and prayers of all those who hummed around me like worker bees, bringing notes and flowers and warm socks and quilts embroidered with words of encouragement. That feeling stayed with me for months, she writes. In fact, I had grown, I had grown so accustomed to that floating feeling that I started to panic at the prospect of losing it. So I began to ask friends, theologians, historians, pastors I knew, what am I going to do when it's gone? And they knew exactly what I meant, 
because they had either felt it for themselves or read about it in great works of Christian theology, St. Augustine called it sweetness. Thomas Aquinas called it something mystical like the prophetic light. But all said, yes, it will go. The feeling will go. The sense of God's presence will go. But they offered me this small bit of certainty, and I clung to it. When the feelings recede like the tides, they said, they will leave an imprint. I would somehow be marked, she writes, by the presence of God. It is not proof of anything, she writes, and it is nothing to boast about. It was simply a gift. Friends, the treasure we hold in these crumbling jars of clay has been poured into us by God, who, as Paul says, has already raised us up with Christ. And this is not from yourselves, says Paul. It is the gift of God. So let me finish by saying something about the God who brings our frail flesh together with the treasure of Jesus' death and resurrection. As Kate Bowler believed, because of love, God has forever marked you as his own. God who made you and saved you has left his imprint on you. So that even when life overwhelms, even when you're tired, and it doesn't feel like God could be near. Even when all you can say is, how long, O oh Lord? God has his mark on you. And the imprint left on you is the cross of Jesus. The one who was raised to new life with healing in his wings. Friends, ashes or not, please believe it. The imprint is there. James Ventolin was a gifted young Christian reform pastor who lost his earthly life to cancer at the age of 36. In the sermon that he preached on his first Sunday back after intense treatment, and as it turns out, just a few weeks before his death, Van Tolen spoke powerfully about the treasure that we hold in these crumbling jars of clay and about the God who puts that treasure in there. I conclude with his concluding words to his beloved congregation. He said to them, our place, one day, will know us no more. It's true. 
all the stuff that we think will keep us alive, when we really look at it, it only shows us how little we have to depend on, to stake our lives on, to put all our hopes in. All we really have is the scandalous gospel of grace. That while we were still weak and sinners and even enemies, Christ died for us. My place will know me no more, but God knows me, the giver of life, who came to me and kept coming to me before I ever went to him, knows me. And so I hope, hope on which I can rest all that I am. I'm dying, he said. Maybe it will be longer instead of shorter. Maybe I'll preach for several months instead of a few weeks. But I am dying, and it's hard, and I hate it, and I'm frightened by it. But there is hope, an unshakable hope. That hope is not in something I've done, some purity I've kept, or some sermon I've written. I hope in God, the scandalous God, with a plan for the world that it's never heard. Reaching out for an enemy, saving a sinner, dying for the weak. And that I can stake my life on. I must, and so must you. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let's pray. Gracious God, for the treasure of the death and resurrection of Jesus, we give you thanks. And even for these vulnerable jars of clay, we give you thanks. May the light of your love shine in us and through us with hope that will sustain us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.